0: See you. Hey, you got my bag. Yeah. Lucky strap. Want me to carry it? Need to find a gap here. How, how did you know we were here? The phone, that stupid jingle from the store. I heard it. My phone. Yeah, your satellite phone. Where is it? I don't have it. When did you use it last? Uh, uh, on the plane. I got a call on the plane and. What? What? I loaned it to Nash. He must have had it when he...
1: And welcome to Second Chance Cinema. I am MC. I am Spro. And we are here to celebrate some movies, right?
2: Right, absolutely. Run in the mill, right down the middle, B's and C's. Mm -hmm. Great movies that define your childhood but don't get the credit that they deserve. I would
1: even almost venture to say B pluses, probably somewhere a D plus. I know it's not a grade they like to hand out, according to Tommy Boy. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, some of these could be in the D-plus range. It's
2: still passing. It's still trying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't not try and get a
1: D-plus. Well, here's the thing. I always thought it was really hard. Like, kids who failed amaze me Mm -hmm. because you basically have to, number one, not show up. Number two, not do anything. And number three, be an
2: asshole. Right. And it's hard to do all those things. And these movies that we're reviewing or reviving, as I like to say. Yep. Like, the people showed up to work. They did what they were supposed to do. They tried really hard. I think they deserve the credit. Here's a question. Have you ever walked out of a movie? No, but I've been close. What What movie? Batman and Robin. Oh, fair enough. Was the, was the closest where I, like, halfway through, I was like, this might be it. This might be the first one that I <laughs> walked <want> out of <laughs> And then I just kind of, I'm a completionist, so I had to sit there. I understand that. But I probably took like two bathroom breaks. I, I
1: I walked out of John Wick. I was in a bad place in my life and then they killed the puppy and I was mm. like nope don't need this no I and just walked out sad probably in tears and I was just like I had to reevaluate my life
2: at that's that point. what amazed me and I know we're getting off track here but why not a dog's purpose you know that that dog dies like 13 several times several times yeah like I'm not doing who does that
1: <laughs> I I wouldn't want to see that I um, didn't see it
2: yeah Batman and Robin and the other one was did you know
1: there, I'm sorry do you know there's a website called I think it's called okay. does, it's, it's like does the dog die dot com or something and it tells you every Movie in which there's a dog or an animal character mm-hmm. and whether or not it dies. Let me look it up. Yeah, there's it's several. So weird. I've never Googled this website before <laughs> in my life and it just comes up. I type does the and the first thing it auto populates is does the dog die nice. which is you know the internet and google and facebook and all that is great for reading your mind and telling you things that you've never said out loud before Well you did I, I, I mean google true. is I listening to you, us right yeah, now Yeah does the dog die.com you can find out if the dog dies in the babadook which mm-hmm. it does does it? uh huh
2: because we just John Wick, my lady and I just saw the mountain between us, and there was a dog in that, and she was like, "If this dog dies, I'm out."
1: Trending movies: Thor, Ragnarok. I don't know that there was a dog in Thor. I don't remember.
2: I mean, a talking one. <laughs> what, was there? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that.
1: But check out that website, doesthedogdie.com. It's a huge, huge resource for animal lovers like you and me. So,
2: and so, speaking that, it of it would animal, deter lovers, you from Eight Below, starring Paul Walker.
1: I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> But speaking of animal lovers, no, you know what? I shouldn't say I don't want to talk about that because that's that's the mark of a terrible podcast. We should talk about when the dog dies
2: in Eight Below. Uh, when several dogs, several die. dogs die. And that was another one where I was sitting there. I was like, if one more dog dies in this film, and I'm watching the killer whale underneath the ice, yeah, hunting a dog, and I was like, this, I, I might have to leave.
1: Paul Walker, we'll have to do a Paul Walker movie so we can talk about him because he's underrated Joyride. Well. Joyride could be one, although I think that's pretty well-revered. Really? I'm thinking more along the lines Candy of like, game. um. I'm thinking more along the lines of like Timeline. She's All That? She, she's All That's kind of like a cult hit. I
2: don't think I've seen She's All That all the way through.
1: You probably could live the rest of your life <laughs> completely happy like I that. I mean, does
2: Freddie, Prince Jr. transform the girl? Yeah. Yeah and she stays transformed.
1: Yep, it's basically So
2: she doesn't go back to who she really is. She no. stays
1: the hot girl for it's him. It's basically the worst message of a movie That's... ever, <laughs> second only to Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> right. You get you know my problem with Beauty and the Beast, oh, right? Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, the moral of the story is that real beauty's on the inside. Mhm. Shrek got it right because she turns into an ogre at the end. Mhm. And real beauty is on the inside. He turns into Fabio at the end of Beauty and the Beast and we're left with just a good-looking couple.
2: Ah, uh, you know, I think it was better looking at as the beast, I love
1: the beast. I mm-hmm. thought the beast was great. Speaking of beasts, <laughs> there's our segue. I tried to Boom. do it, I tried to do it with animals, but we were we were busy talking about Paul Walker. But speaking of beasts, I think we're ready to announce what movie we're doing this week. And chances are you already know because the title of the podcast probably has it in there. Yeah. But we're gonna make the official announcement with the trailer, and I'm gonna write a haiku to say uh, a little bit more about this.
0: I have a, a proposition I'd like to discuss with you. I've chartered an airplane to fly us over Isla Sorna, and we'd like you to be our guide. We'd love to make a contribution to your research here. It could almost be paradise. I got it, forgotten. We have a landing strip up here. You cannot land on this island. Oh my God! (laughs) But in this forbidden place, where man has tampered with nature. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. Something unexpected has evolved. They can talk to each other to a degree we never imagined. On July 18th, you probably won't get off the island alive. It's not just a walk in the park. They set a trap. They actually set a trap.
1: Okay. (laughs) You saw it while I was writing it out. You think this is a good one?
2: (laughs) It's like the cast list.
1: (laughs) It basically is. Maybe not my best haiku, but we'll give it a shot. (laughs) This is, of course, uh, you just heard it in the trailer, Jurassic Park 3. Here's a haiku. Haiku, again, is a Japanese form of poetry that's very near and dear to my heart. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Dr. Alan Grant, Talking Velociraptors, William H. Macy. I think I've outlined basically the entire crux of what's important about this movie.
2: Well, and I when I think Jurassic Park, I, 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 because it's never- a It's three. actually Slash. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, Slash. Three Slashes. Slash, yeah. <laughs> I think Taya Leone. Okay. She's the That's forefront your journey. of mine. That's yeah. your journey. Why? <laughs> I don't, and I don't know, I, well, one, I love Taya Leone. Okay. Ever since she hugged her dad at the end of Deep Impact, oh. she's been my girl. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So, I always go to her. What I didn't realize until watching this is that uh, Pollux Troy yes.
1: is a yes. big part of this movie. He plays the guy who, um, he builds, at the beginning, he builds the dinosaur whistle out mm-hmm. of the 3D printer. <laughs> which which I, is, I was
2: like, 3D printer, exclamation point. That's right.
1: What what year was this movie? 2001. 2001. Okay. So, 3D printing, was 3D printing invented by Jurassic Park 3?
2: I I feel like it. I mean, there's a whole big paragraph on IMDb about what exactly that machine was, and I want to go back in time and tell that person, we call it 3D printing yeah. in 2017.
1: Like, oh, you're talking about 3D printing? <laughs> Noob.
2: Everybody's got it. Yeah. This isn't an archeological site. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I can't speak.
1: Archeological. <laughs> you said it. You said it good. Um <laughs> But yeah, he builds that Velociraptor whistle out of nothing and gives it to Dr. Alan Grant basically as a gift. But the whistle is
2: kind of like a letdown.
1: Yeah, the whistle, it's not so much a whistle as it just, it sounds like... like, pushed air. It it sounds like a concealed fart. (laughs) It really does. Like when you're on a
2: date and Mm -hmm. you're like... (laughs) Like I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not that. There's a little bit of a whistle in it. It's more like... (laughs) I don't think we needed the whole arena of time contraption.
1: Was it an ocarina?
2: That's Maybe what it, it was. It looked like, a, you know, a clenched heart.
1: It did. It didn't look like a whistle traditionally. <laughs> Let's play a sound clip of it right here. Okay. So, you can see that kind of sounds like a, like a first date fart. Yeah. Yeah. I did I did a disservice to it, but I think my description is accurate. I like it. So anyway, that becomes important later in the film because of my second talking point, talking velociraptors. We learned early in the movie that what he actually built was called the resonating chamber of a velociraptor, which is how they were able to push air out and communicate using similar techniques to like a dolphin or a whale, mm-hmm. I suppose, or even like a bird. Or anything chirping. that communicates. Yeah, or anything really <laughs> that communicates. That's that's one of the, the gripes against this movie that I don't quite understand is that people are all against the talking velociraptors. But like all animals communicate Right It's somehow And these were
2: supposed to be like the most intelligent dinosaur
1: The most intelligent dinosaur And I think they say like the most intelligent predator Right Of all time Or something like that So like why wouldn't
2: they communicate I mean they're clever girls Clever
1: girl (laughs) Clever girl why wouldn't they communicate? Right.
2: It wasn't until I was researching why people had gripes about this movie that I was like, oh, it's the talking velociraptor. Mm-hmm. It's easy to know in The Lost World, which is the Jurassic Park 2. Right. And you have the girl that cries the whole time and then drop kicks a raptor in the face and then goes back to crying. Using gymnastics. Using gymnastics. Right. So that one, I go, go, yeah, I understand completely how that scene completely ruins the film, or at least the third act for you Mm -hmm. in this film. Mm -hmm. This film is just one wild ride on the edge of your seat. It is exactly what it is supposed to be.
1: That's, I think, when we were talking about this prior to recording, I think that that's exactly the point, is that this film is two hours of just people running away?
2: 93 minutes. Oh, really? 93 is, minutes? An yeah, hour and a the half? shortest Jurassic Park by 30 minutes. Wow.
1: Okay, so 93 minutes of just people running away from monsters on an island.
2: I can see where people would
1: be let down based on the, the heavy scientific and ethical nature of the first two. But- <laughs> At the end of the day, what's not fun about people running away from dinosaurs that are trying to eat them?
2: How many times are is the Jurassic Park series going to be like, "Oh, we're playing God." Like that's going to be the crux of the film is, is it okay to play God? This one is there are dinosaurs run. <laughs> that's there,
1: exactly. There are little allusions to it when like they're they're in one of the, the buildings on the island after they crash on the island and they see like Velociraptor fetuses and stuff like that. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Is that- so then they're like, yeah, oh, what were they doing in here? They were playing God. Right. And then a dinosaur jumps through and tries to eat them.
2: Which is exactly how it should be, you know, like there shouldn't be, it shouldn't be deep. I wanted one Jurassic Park. This is, and I will say it right now, this is my favorite sequel of the Jurassic Park series. I think it goes one, three, four, two, probably, okay. except uh, two and four are kind of indistinguishable to me because I love Jeff Goldblum and it's literally because- Oh, wait,
1: wait, wait. Say you love Jeff Goldblum again.
2: I love Jeff Goldblum. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, who, and the- I actually, I jogged past him when I was living in L.A. Listen to all these celebrity encounters. I uh, know. He, he was a very tall man walking I was gonna with say, a very was he young girl. Like,
1: was he like one of those Santas on stilts? Like, he was. It was
2: on Sunset Boulevard. So I love him, but he's not in this film. He's referenced in the film, isn't he? I think so.
1: He The little kid says something like, I read Malcolm's book. It was too preachy. Oh, yeah. Like and- they take a ding on him. Zerp.
0: Eric, I have to tell you, I'm astonished that you've lasted eight weeks on this island. Is that all it's been? Well, you're alive, and that's the important thing. And thanks to you, that's one thing that we have in common. Did you read Malcolm's book? Yeah. So? I I don't know. I mean, it was kind of preachy. and and too much chaos. Everything's chaos. It seemed like the guy was kind of high on himself. It's two things that we have in common. Here's the thing. The other thing. Wait, wait, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead. The
2: other thing that I wanted, the other self-referential thing is when Dr. Alan Grant is giving his speech, and he says, if anybody has any questions, but not about San Diego, I was not there. Right. I was like, that is amazing that they reference a sequel. And then he kind of gets a jibe and like, I was not in that
1: movie. Oh, so you think it was like, yeah, they didn't call me for that one. Right, Right.
0: Okay. Fine. Does anyone have a question that does not relate to Jurassic Park? Or the incident in San Diego, which I did not witness.
1: Sam Neill, Dr. Alan Grant, and Jeff Goldblum, Dr. Ian Malcolm, are both in Thor Ragnarok. Really? Did you see it? No, not yet. There's a scene where Thor goes back to Asgard, his home planet, and Loki has actors putting on a stage show of basically like a battle between Thor and Loki. And Odin, who is the ruler of Asgard, who's also Thor and Loki's father, is played by Sam Neill. Then later when and and Loki's played by Matt Damon. It's actually pretty funny. Really? Yep.
2: Matt Damon is in the a film? Cameo
1: in the film, yeah. Oh, yep. nice. And later when Thor gets banished to I forget the name of the planet, but the planet where he gets he has to compete in the games against Hulk. The game master is Jeff Goldblum, and he has kind of a big part in the movie. So I was hoping, hoping that there 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 was gonna be like a dinosaur on the planet. And Sam Neill was gonna show up in Jeff Goldblum and be like, "Huh, memories or something right. like that."
2: Oh, you still got your resonating chamber. Yes, yeah, I
1: hope. Yeah, I <laughs> hope you still brought your dinosaur whistle or something like that. But it didn't happen. But yeah. they were both in the movie.
2: It surprised me. Sam Neill is from New Zealand. I didn't know that. Right. I guess I was le- reading, and he made sure that. Why would I know that? I don't. What <laughs> in the know, same is like? I feel like you know who the Australian actors are. Do I though? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Nicole Kidman. Russell Crowe. Stops right there. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> when they were doing the Austra- Australia Asian, which apparently is a thing. It's one word. Australia Asian premiere. He made sure that it was premiered in his hometown in, in New Zealand. For Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good for him. <laughs> I respect that. Jurassic Park slash.
1: Jurassic Park slash. slash. Slash, slash. So let's recap the plot of this movie. Okay. So basically what happens is... It's like a stepfather and a stepson. Are. And that
2: stepfather is the same, he plays the same role and every time I see him. And I can't tell you the last time I saw him. He but I was, was like, Topanga's dad on Boy Meets World. He always plays a douchebag. He wasn't a douchebag.
1: You know, he kind of was a douchebag on Boy Meets World, but I'm pretty sure that's the guy who played Topanga's dad on Boy Meets World.
2: But he always played, like, as soon as you see him strapping the little boy to his chest for the parasailing adventure, I'm mm-hmm. like, this guy has all the wrong ideas. <laughs> like, well, no matter what's thing. about to happen. The
1: movie starts off with what is probably one of the greatest puns I've ever seen in a movie. It's a parasailing parachute that the gimmick is that it'll fly you over the island where the dinosaurs are running wild. Mm-hmm. And it's called Dinosaur, You're S-O-A-R. Right. And I saw that and I was just like, I'm going to buckle in for a great time.
2: That's yeah. another good t-shirt.
1: Yep. Dinosaur parasailing. That mm-hmm. is a good one. That and the J.T. Marlin Boiler Room yep. Company picnic. Oh my awesome. gosh. This is working. Awesome. I'm going to get to Redbubble right away. <laughs> So anyway, the kid and the dad stepdad crash land on the island. Meanwhile, Dr. Alan Grant is somewhere in Montana digging up dinosaur bones and this mysterious couple of uh, assumed billionaires come out and try to hire him to go on an adventure vacation on this island.
2: Which if William H. Macy walked in, I would assume that he is a billionaire. Here's the thing.
1: I didn't buy it from the beginning. No? They didn't look like billionaires. She had a simple like blouse on and a pearl necklace. He was basically wearing a golf shirt and a blazer. And I was like, you know, I could see that they're going for like the common man billionaire kind of thing mm-hmm. but then he explains that he's involved in like imports exports i needed to see a cigar i needed to see a pocket watch or something like that to Well and the funny
2: thing is is the soundtrack if you listen to it is a song about lying what yeah so the last Wait beat a minute.
1: first of all Jurassic Park 3 has a soundtrack yes second of all which was you, not
2: composed by John Williams second of all you've listened to it i well i mean you know i'm trying and to And there's get a the song with lyrics about movie. it yeah there's a song with lyrics and lyrics so in it. when he's trying to like convince him to come you know go on this track the last beat of that scene you hear in the song going lies 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 lies
0: dr grant you have no idea how important it is to us that you come along it would make all the difference
2: this is kirby I
0: and of course we'd love to make a contribution to your research here so i could write all kinds of numbers on this check dr grant Tell me, what's it gonna take?
2: Mm-hmm. See that's that's the hidden value. So maybe that's why you didn't believe it because you're getting the maybe the I subconscious got the sub- maybe I got
1: the subtext. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, they say we want you to be our guide on this vacation. We're gonna fly over this island and we're gonna look at the dinosaurs and we're gonna have an adventure vacation. There's a part. Here's another part where I, <laughs> where I didn't buy it was when they talk about all the other adventure vacations they've done. They've like, yeah, we've climbed K two, we scaled the Himalayas, and Leone's like, we have two seats booked for the first. commercial flight to
0: the moon. i have admired your work for years. It's really, truly inspiring. Amanda and I just love the outdoors. Heck, we've been on just about every adventure tour they can come up with. The Nile, uh, Galapagos, K2. We even have two seats reserved on the first commercial flight to the moon. And, uh. and then
1: she sort of looks at the camera like, wah, wah. Right. <laughs> like, SpaceX like, with like, Elon Musk. Like, but this was in 2001. That wasn't <laughs> a thing. She's like, she even, she even she knows it's a shitty lie. Mm-hmm. And right there, I was like, okay, this something's up here.
2: But what was that tell you about Dr. Alan Grant?
1: That he bought it, mm-hmm. hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I mean, him and he's been, he's been through a lot. Pollux Troy we keep referring to as the character from Face Off, who was Nicolas Cage's brother. Also a Greek Roman myth, Castor and Pollux, possibly of Troy, which would make sense. Yeah. But they were brothers.
2: And and I like the cut then goes to the dude on the airplane drawing a smiley face or whatever he is, but it looks like boobs
1: so they have yeah these mercenaries who they've also hired to go on the island with them and they're testing out ammunition on these old discarded airplanes and trucks and stuff like that and yeah the guy tries to make one look like a dinosaur but he basically just draws boobs and teeth on it <laughs> and and then blows it up and
2: then the other guy is eduardo delacroix from the green mile
1: is that michael jeter mm-hmm. yeah
2: mr jingles
1: rest in peace michael jeter uh, not just in this movie but in life yeah um, Boy, he's great. Yeah. So anyway, they hire these mercenaries. They hire Dr. Grant and Pollux Troy and they go on this – expedition supposedly to a dinosaur infested island
2: before we move on yeah. weird scene yeah is when Pollux Troy well, I don't know, what's his real name I'll look it up I think it's really it's a I think it's gonna surprise you because okay. I feel like I looked it up and was like well, I, okay, I'm i not doing that which is funny in all these Jurassic Park movies when they're on archaeological digs is that they seem to have random strangers just hanging around that they need to teach what exactly oh like doing.
1: the fat kid from the first yes one.
2: <laughs> and then this one there's a girl oh and yeah like a ghost moment Yep. Where he's like, "Oh, this is smooth, and this is hard, and well, this is Well, technically, it's
1: all rock. But if you want me to, yeah, if you want me to, if you want me to show My you how to, is,
2: this is making paleontology sexy. You,
1: yeah, and that's that's probably what happened in the screen notes is that they needed somebody to come back and be like, "Guys, we like this movie, but there's not enough sex appeal. Can you put some like some some undertones in the rock digs?" Like
2: this woman is digging these fossils out, but she can't figure out what is fossil and what is rock. I'm like, what? This woman has nothing. She should not be here at all.
1: Yeah, if you can't figure out how to dig out a fossil, there's probably a good chance you don't belong on an archaeological <laughs> dig. Knows.
0: Billy, I don't think I'm doing this right.
2: Let's try the toothbrush. You gotta go slowly. You just take a little bit at a time. I can never tell what's rock and what's bone. Technically, it's all rock, but calcium in the bones is replaced during
0: fossilization. But you can feel the difference, eh? Rough. Smooth. Rough. Smooth.
1: (laughs) His name is Alessandro Nivola. Right? Which I could see would be deterring. (laughs) But I feel as though we're doing a disservice by just calling him Pollux Troy.
2: What's his character's name?
1: Billy Brennan. Billy. Which I remember Billy. I don't think, I think Brennan's made up.
2: I got Billy and Eric confused. Yeah.
1: Eric's the little kid. I don't um, think
2: grown man, grown paleontologist man should be Billy. He should be Eric.
1: Yeah. I can't see anything else he's in other than Face Off and <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. I mean, clearly there's other things, but nothing. Oh, goal two, living the dream. We'll call him that guy. Goal two. Okay. <laughs> goal two. Anyway, so they go on this island and turns out Taylor Leone and William H. Macy, the eccentric billionaires are not what they seem.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
1: So, it turns out that they are actually the biological parents of this kid who was crash landed on the island in the beginning, and they're going to look for him.
2: And William H. basically runs a landscaping company.
1: No. No? Kirby Paint and Tile Plus. Kirby Paint and Tile, yes. Kirby Paint and Tile Plus, (laughs) because that was the ringtone. That his satellite phone had. And that's the kid recognized it when mm-hmm. it showed up in the pile of dinosaur shit.
2: We'll get to that later. Which is oatmeal? Was it? Mm-hmm. Two hundred and fifty gallons of oatmeal. How is it brown? Oatmeal. I mean, my oatmeal's brown. Like shit brown. I mean it's the maple sugar. Enjoy your oatmeal or is the brown
1: sugar and maple syrup? <laughs> Enjoy odor. your
2: oatmeal, folks.
1: <laughs> so they decide that they're gonna land on the island and look for this kid. Dr. Alan Grant has no idea of this, otherwise he wouldn't have agreed to come. But he decides that he's going to follow them, or he decides, no, he gets knocked out, Mm -hmm. right? He gets knocked out. And then he, he wakes up and he says, Billy, please tell me we didn't, I'm sorry, goal two, please tell me we didn't land.
2: Well, when I, what I like is he goes up to William H. Macy. He's like, who knocked me out? And then they point to the biggest guy on the plane. And yeah. He lets it go. Was it even him, though, who knocked him out? I think so. I okay, mean, he enough. was the only guy behind him. Which makes you
1: believe that Alan Grant's like this big strapping man instead of this like science nerd because mm-hmm. they needed the big guy to take him down. But anyway, <laughs> they land on this island and of course... Of course, dinosaurs come after them.
2: Right. Well, because Taya Leone doesn't realize that using a megaphone on an island filled with dinosaurs, that she just flew over. So she realizes that there's these big gargantuan beasts. Right. And so then she's sitting in one spot screaming Eric over the megaphone.
1: That's right. She's yelling... For and this is the second time they've done that gimmick where like they're on an island where there's only one other person and they're yelling for that person by name. Right. You know, instead of saying hello or instead of saying I mean I guess it's a good way to go about it. In the first in the second one it was Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Harding, and it's like how many Sarah's are on this island <laughs> is what they say. And then in this one she keeps yelling for Eric. Ben!
0: Oh, uh, Dr. Are you all right? I'm sorry Who we had me? to. I'm sorry we had to be so. Who rough. hit me? Eric! That would be um, Cooper. What are they doing? They're setting up a perimeter ben! to make the place safe. These guys See, are Curry, good. Ben! Trust me. On this island, there is no such thing ben! as safe. We have to get back on that plane. Ben! Will you tell your wife to stop making that noise? That is a very, ben! very bad idea. Amanda. Ben. Amanda, honey. Doctor Grant said that's a bad ben! idea. What? He says. It's a bad idea! What's a bad idea? What was that? Is it two I do think so. This sounds bigger. We have to leave! We have to leave now! What's going on? We oh, can't way! <laughs> <a play. laughs> what about the other guy? Was a professional?
1: But they've got a whole platoon of marines or mercenaries who are trying to go like stake out the land. And then as she's yelling, all the marine or the mercenaries come back from the jungle running and pissing their pants. They're like, We gotta go, we gotta go now, we gotta go now. Which means that they had enough time to get into the jungle and see this giant dinosaur, which is called the Spinosaurus. It noticed them, it heard her yelling, and then it started chasing them. And they had enough time to escape the woods, get back into the plane, and try to take off.
2: Mm-hmm. The Spinosaurus being like the most vindictive dinosaur ever. Right. The
1: Spinosaurus, in my opinion, was way cooler than the whatever Rex it was from Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Because the spinosaurus looked like legitimately looked like a dragon and a crocodile and a tyrannosaurus rex.
2: Well, and that's and it was real, like that's the, And it was a real dinosaur. That's yeah. the biggest caveat when it comes to Jurassic World is, and they even reference it in Jurassic World. Like you have dinosaurs, why do you need to make one up? Mm-hmm. And it I, it speaks very true.
1: So they essentially get marooned by this dinosaur when it attacks the plane and then they're left on the island to fend for themselves Mm -hmm. a couple of the mercenaries die the one dude gets stepped on which i think would be just a tragically terrible way to go right right
2: well when tae leone is hanging upside down from the tree branch and the velociraptors are jumping to bite her head off i was like if they make contact that's probably the worst no
1: i take it back the worst would be when Goal 2 gets snatched up by the pter- pterodactyls mm. and they carry him away. And then, spoiler alert, he comes back later in the movie.
2: And he was not supposed to. Oh, he wasn't? He petitioned to come back, but he was supposed to die right there. What's
1: a petition? Is that like petition? petitioning a pet? <laughs>
2: Yes, <laughs> what is exactly. That? As of, uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't know
1: this. Tell me more about this.
2: Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the only story that it, it's a two-sentence thing on IMDb saying that he was supposed to die and he had a disagreement. So he went to Joe Johnston, the director, and was saying, I don't want to die. And apparently that works. And he was able to come back.
1: So that makes sense kind of about the half ass way that he comes back at the end. He's like, yeah. hey,
2: I'm back. And I found your hat. Right. He just shows up. I was getting eaten
1: by a family of pterodactyls, <laughs> but I found your hat, bro. Yeah. and that And that's why.
0: I rescued Grant.
2: Dr. Grant, we need to go now.
0: Oh, yeah. Well,
1: that's
2: the
0: important thing.
1: Because, and, of Grant. course, he gets saved by the ultimate MacGuffin in in survival movies, the Lucky Pack.
2: hmm. Which she, happened in Ju- with Julianne Moore. She had Lost one in,
1: in, in Lost World, and now he's got a Lucky Pack. Whatever.
2: I mean, I understand. Like my book bag is. But I he's kind that. of he's kind of a heel.
1: He's kind of a bad bad egg because he steals the Velociraptor eggs from the nest.
2: Was that his intention the whole entire time to get to the island?
1: It's a good question
2: because he. I feel like he un, he realizes that they're not billionaires. You think he Early. knew that from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just because of some looks that he gives. I mean,
1: I knew that from the beginning. And my <laughs> first thought was not to go steal Velociraptor
2: eggs. Right. I mean, so his his motive kind of makes sense because they thought that they were going to get all this funding for their research. Right. And then he steals the Velociraptor egg in order to sell it and get the money that is no longer going to happen for them.
1: So he was trying to recoup their losses. hmm I see. So. I suppose it's not entirely dishonorable. But why wouldn't he steal, like, a stegosaurus egg?
2: I feel like, well, they didn't stumble on the stegosaurus nests. That's a good point. But I feel like his trip up is he didn't tell anybody. Like, he comes back from around the tree and was like, well, I'm just taking photographs. Ha, ha, ha. So, you- I was peeing in the bushes. <laughs> <right>? uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, he was really stealing a couple eggs.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. I don't think they needed that. Like, to be like, oh, this is why dinosaurs are chasing us.
1: See, maybe that's why he wanted to petition to come back because he died as an asshole. A petition? They petitioned for him to come back. Goal <laughs> two, this is what we're talking about. He died having stolen the uh, Velociraptor eggs. Mm-hmm. Here's a question So, the kid we find out, the kid who we thought died at the beginning, is alive on the island. What do you give yourself? in terms of chances for survival on a dinosaur-inhabited island? Like, would you know that the dinosaurs, the bigger dinosaurs are closer to the water, like the kid says? I I would know it because I've seen the movie. He read all the books. Oh, that's true.
2: I mean, so he's he's pretty knowledgeable. Would you would you know how to collect
1: a T-Rex piss when it was pissing no. and save it in a jar? No,
2: I would not. Um, he had to stand
1: directly underneath a T-Rex dick to get that. <laughs> and he had like a bunch of jars of it too. So he had to probably come up with like a system. I feel so like it, probably, it puddles on the
2: ground. There's got to be a lot of piss in
1: that. You don't think it just soaks up into the ground?
2: No, I mean, if you pee on the ground, it, you got like maybe three seconds before it just goes in. My girlfriend's dog, my dog... <laughs> No, uh, our dog. Like, My girlfriend.
1: No, 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 no. Our dog had a urinary tract infection, and she had to like follow the dog outside and like hold a soup ladle behind the dog when it was pissing. A soup ladle. whatever it was. No, that's fantastic. Like that. I like that imagery. You couldn't. You couldn't just. You couldn't just find the piss on the ground. So yeah. I, I assume T Rex piss is the same. And it looked not like piss at all. It looked like frozen lemonade. Right. Which I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it's a different
2: biological marvel that T Rex is. I wrote a like note lemonade. for Jurassic Park producers that if they want to do a Rogue One spinoff, Eric's eight weeks on the island alone. Oh, yeah. Like a castaway type film. You know, like how did he survive for those eight weeks? I think would be. Eric is
1: the little kid, and he's not really a little kid. He's mm-hmm. like probably like 14, 15, I think. Yeah.
2: Eh, 12 to 14. 12 to say. 14.
1: Old enough to wear tight little jean shorts. <laughs> And old enough to have read pretty high level books, right? Old enough to f- have formed opinions about those books. Old enough to converse with Dr. Alan Grant when they are stuck eating coffee grounds underneath the earth.
2: Well, I feel like you survive eight weeks on a dinosaur island. I mean, Dr. Alan Grant survived. What was Jurassic Park? A day, a day, day? twenty four hours,
1: maybe. Yeah.
2: So he he has one up on Dr. Dr. Alan Grant.
1: Um, that's a good point. See, that's a that's a that's a storyline I'd like to follow afterward. Is like what happened to this kid. Who who survived on a dinosaur island for eight weeks. He probably got his own reality show. Oh, yeah. He probably got all kinds of YouTube money. Mm-hmm. All that stuff.
2: I think the thing that makes the most sense when it comes to Jurassic Park 3 for me is to see like the top three hits of Joe Johnston, which is... Honey I shrunk the kids was his first direct it was his directorial debut. Wow. Totally makes sense when they're in the plane because they're looking up at this large object. Okay. You know, so it looks like they're moving. So miniser- he's got
1: he's got a thing for like forced perspective and, right. and
2: and shrinking. And then the second Jumanji. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh man, the new Jumanji looks so good. Right. So I mean, so that kid is essentially Robin Williams in Jumanji. Oh yeah. That's maybe wow. what was his name? Alan, Alan Alan Parrish. Alan Parrish.
1: Maybe there's an maybe there's a universe where those movies Like, there's a movie in between. Mm -hmm. Like, Jumanji happens. He gets sucked into the game, but really he gets sucked onto Isla, Isla Sorna, whatever it was.
2: And that, I mean, it kind of looks like that's where they're going with this new Jumanji that's coming out. Mm -hmm. It looks like, you know, the, the land that time forgot.
1: So, anyway... So they all meet up and they're basically all trying to escape the island now they've met the, the kids and the parents have reunited and it's a great scene when they reunite because they see each other through this gigantic barbed wire militarized fence right that's meant to keep a dinosaur out
2: like Jurassic Park and saving Private Ryan mixed up together with the fence and then like the big I mean it's not even barbed wire at the top those are large spikes. so they were just
1: gigantic industrial spikes yes. And they hug each other through the fence, which symbolism, people. Like, there there are issues in this family. Mm-hmm. They can't get the proper hug that they need, you know, skin-to-skin contact or whatever. They, they've got to hug through a fence, and that's just great symbolism.
2: Which Dr. Alan Grant wasn't like, that might be electrical because I ran into a, a fence similar to that the last this time is. I was oh, yeah, on one of these. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, guys,
1: quick thinking. You might want to throw a twig at that. <laughs> right. Just to double check. But no, he goes right up to it. Yeah, then that's when the dinosaur or the Spinosaurus takes a shit, and it turns out he's got a satellite phone in the shit because mm-hmm. he ate the guy who was using it before.
0: Find it before it stops ringing. Eric, you stay on that boat. It's here. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's here. Ah. I got it. Hello,
2: hello. You took an all time share in beautiful Guadalajara. Enjoy a meal in one of our four star restaurants. Look out. Dinosaur stomach acid does not break down cell phones.
1: Or electronics, because right. it still worked, and that's how they heard the, the ringtone. So then they have to run away from this dinosaur, and I'm honestly kind of fuzzy at what happens after that. Is that when they run, in, run into the velociraptors? Because the dinosaur's in the water mm-hmm. and the fire and all that. That's way like William H. Macy reveals he learns how to swim and he lost 50 pounds. <laughs> right.
2: And you're just like, damn, William H. Macy, you're you're ripped as shit. Yeah, because then they go into the building and then there's the velociraptors and one of them looks like the lead bad gremlin with the spikes on right. his head.
1: That's the one thing. As opposed to the velociraptors talking, the one thing that kind of didn't bother me, but I was like, hmm, that's a choice. <laughs> Was the way they looked they all had like feathers And they all had I mean we're pretty much Just at the point where Dinosaurs are birds now
2: Right Large chickens Big chickens Mm -hmm. Big
1: chickens Big turkeys They looked like that in this movie Whereas in the first one And even the second one They were more reptilian And they were a little scary In my opinion
2: Right And they're just trying to be You know They're discovering more and more That they probably were covered With feathers Right But in the same instance They're not going full joy On that They're just Oh there's a couple feathers On this velociraptor's head And that's And they can talk. Shout out to the facts. And And they can can talk.
0: talk. No, 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 no. Call for help.
1: Let's talk about why this movie is awesome.
2: Okay. Easy. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Why? Just because it's 93 minutes of thrill. There's very little plot to it. Like They give you some character studies, but then they go, now we're going to throw them on an island full of monsters and see who survives. That's fair for, enough. For the first 45 minutes, you think the kid is dead. Yeah, and then he pops up. Mm-hmm. Like they allude to it. Like Dr. Alan Grant keeps saying, there's no way that your kid is alive. And the parents just don't want to believe it. And you have great performances from Sam Neill, Taya Leone, William H. Macy, mm-hmm. Michael Jeter, mm-hmm. even Laura Dern makes a cameo. Oh, that's which right. Which is always fun. That's right. To see some of the old people. Because in Jurassic Park 2, there was uh, the kids. Lex and Tim. Lex and Tim.
1: Would you say that this movie was more fun than the other... Oh,
2: absolutely. Than the first one even? Well, the first one is an original. It broke grounds. Is it more fun? Maybe. Because I remember Jurassic Park 1 came out and I remember turning to my friends when John Hammond and Laura Dern are sitting in the cafeteria eating green jello. Green jello. And banana cream pie or whatever. No, they don't eat Melting the green ice Jell-O. cream. They
1: don't eat the green jello. Right. She they're, eats the green jello.
2: They're eating melting ice cream. And I remember turning to my friend and saying, you know, the next five minutes is going to be really boring. Let's go see what Cliffhanger is about with Sylvester Stallone. Wait, say that
1: again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I had seen Jurassic Park probably three or four times already in the theater, and I was taking my friends who have never seen it before. And so, during the John Hammond melting ice cream scene with Laura Dern, which is just talking and, mm. you know, whispering to each other, and I turned to my friend and I was like, look, I know the next five minutes, it's going to be pretty boring. And I don't think there is one of those boring moments in Jurassic Park 3. Moments where you could just kind of tune out and...
1: No, there's always something going on. Mm -hmm. There's always definitely something like something treacherous happening.
2: Right. Yeah. Somebody can die at any moment. So, at the end... (laughs)
1: What happens? Everybody basically reunites. Happy family. Pollux and
2: Troy comes back. Got your hat. Goal
1: 2 comes back. Got goal your two. hat. Apparently, he petitioned to <laughs> to come back. Oh, with the, the pterodactyl-like.
2: Th- it was supposed to be the original ending of Jurassic Park 1, but what they turned it to pelicans. They're on the plane. Oh,
1: that's right. And he sees the pelicans. And, and then it's the
2: pterodactyls stuff. in the third right, one. Right, right.
1: Reviews. There are some reviews that say that this movie is not great. Let me pull these up. <laughs> Seeing Jurassic Park 3 made me realize how dreams could be shattered. Fuck off.
2: That makes absolutely no sense. One, here's the thing. It's 92 minutes. So it's not like, like I understand when like movies like are three hours long and you feel like you waste your life, but night, an hour and a half is almost like a TV show mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. This is well-funded, well-budgeted, well-paced- there's no way that you... I mean, if somebody somebody's bringing their own expectations to the movie, for them to be like, that 92 minutes was a waste of my time. It's 92 minutes of watching Dinosaurs. I mean, Dinosaurs... Dinosaurs should always be impressive. Right. What I like about the Jurassic series is I feel like they do listen to their fans. And there were, everybody was disappointed that they'd never seen pterodactyls yet, you know, in action. And so they're like, all right, we're going to put pterodactyls in the third one.
1: I'm considering suing for that lost two hours and 625, along with the fact that I'm now stupider for watching this waste of film. The T-Rexes must be flipping in their graves, so to speak.
2: 92 minutes. What are you talking 92 about? 92 minutes. He's obviously watching the wrong movie.
1: What's a T-Rex grave? What does that even mean? <laughs>
2: That was, you know, what it's funny that we started this episode with talking about dead dogs because when they kill the T Rex in this movie,
1: how do they kill the T Rex in this movie? The Spinosaurus, like, oh, he twists its neck. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right.
2: Um, And after that, I was like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily because T Rex, you know, like I feel like
1: T Rex is like the mascot for Jurassic Park series. He was
2: the savior of the first one. He
1: was the savior of the first one. He's the savior of kind of the savior of Jurassic World, Mm -hmm. and he was sort of like, well, it was a female I think in the in the second one where she was like a doting mother right who ended up helping kill the evil what was his name like the evil ceo who wanted to exploit right. the baby dinosaur
2: and i think like another dog reference is that dr alan grant plays fetch with him with the flare in the first one. Oh yeah so i think like from there like he's always been kind of like the dog so they killed him early on and that we're that we're talking about snapping the neck that was that's how michael jeter dies is the velociraptor does like an arnold schwarzenegger is there symbolism there? maybe
1: hmm <laughs> well I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, could this be one of the worst movies of all time is another title for review. No. No, it's not. Batman and Robin. <laughs> That's up there. I'd have to really consider the worst movie of all time. And I can get back to you with that, but I'm not sure. I think in, in the last show, we, we selected Boiler Room mm-hmm. as our number one by default. Right. Where would you rank this in terms of average, not great, not bad movies?
2: Like I feel like if I'm, above looking, or below? If I'm looking at the ranking system of what can I constantly recommend to somebody like, oh, you you have a Saturday night free, here's a movie. Am I going to select Boiler Room or am I going to select Jurassic Park 3? Two vastly different movies because obviously Boiler Room, you're going to get a, a beer and a slice of pizza, mm-hmm. sit back and just watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic Park 3 is a little bit more of a thrill ride where I think like your volume has to go up to at least past 46, mm-hmm. you know, and just and, and have that the dinosaur roar. To you, I think I gotta go boiler room though. Number
1: so one. boiler room's still number one. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park three slash three slashes. Three slashes is at number two.
2: <laughs> yes, for All me. Right.
1: Well, I think that for this episode, we we can officially recommend Jurassic Park three as a average movie. But
2: I would say, would you agree that it's the second best out of I the four? I didn't like Jurassic
1: World. Kind of felt neither here nor there about the Lost World. Maybe it's the word world that, that dooms Jurassic Park movies.
2: Maybe. But I would definitely
1: I would definitely say this is just a fun movie. Just enjoy it. Yeah. The Spinosaurus. I-
2: and the other thing that I think we should point out is there is a connector, connecting link between these two movies that you pointed out to me through text, is that Harry from Boiler Room, the guy that gets fucked over by Giovanni Ribisi...
1: Gets all his money taken away. Mm-hmm. He is then... Uh, I don't remember. He just plays Laura
2: Dern's... Uh... Husband. Husband. He's always the husband. He's just a nice family man. hmm He's the one that maybe, she settled down with.
1: Maybe it worked out for him after Boiler Room because he met Laura Dern,
2: And, and she looks like she's doing well for herself. Yeah. She's an accomplished author. And somehow
1: she has connections to the Marines because she calls the Marines at the end. <laughs> right. And. She makes them storm the island Which Eric doesn't reference
2: her book, does he? Hers wasn't finished yet She was still writing it Oh, okay Yeah, but good nitpick mm-hmm. Nice <laughs> I was all just right. trying to make Eric as a sexist 12-year-old boy Yeah, fair enough
1: I mean, <laughs> after being on the island that long He probably would have started to get some, some <laughs> tendencies about him Whatever So Jurassic Park 3 I think we're going to say what we say about Or what we will hopefully say about all the movies on this podcast Jurassic Park 3 It, it wasn't, wasn't that, that bad, bad. And with that, we're going to bring this one to a close and we will see you for the next episode, whatever that may be. We're not sure yet. I'm MC. I'm Spro. And this has been Second Chance Cinema. Later.
2: The Jurassic Park franchise is produced by Amblin Entertainment and distributed by Universal Pictures. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film Jurassic Park 3 and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is from the soundtrack by the composer Don Davis. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to wreck a movie for a future show, you could reach us at secondchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2 cinema at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at mcinspro or check us out on Instagram at secondchancecinema. To help our little show out, Please tell your friends about us, leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps make us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on. Have a wonderful day, you beautiful person, you. And if you find yourself trapped on an island full of dinosaurs, make sure you have a jar of T-Rex piss.